Well, good morning, and uh, yes, welcome to Quentin Baptist Church today. So glad you're with us to worship the Lord. Uh, Pastor Jay and his family are on vacation, so I'll be uh, sharing the announcements with you. Today's flowers have been placed by Doris Bierman and family in loving memory of Fred Bierman. Our volunteers will be delivering Meals on Wheels this week, so thank you to all QBC volunteers. Make sure to check out the bulletin board for other upcoming events, including the Cornerstone Women's Resource Center Annual Sue Smith Gala of Giving. This is a uh, dinner program that they put on to support Cornerstone, so we highly encourage you to check that out and attend if you're able. Also want to mention a, a special thanks to Heart to Heart and uh, Diane Peterson for the picnic that they had on Friday. They had 17 ladies come out. Uh, they had beautiful weather and a really great time of fellowship. Uh, so again, thank you to Diane and the helpers uh, for that. Uh, some things going on uh, this week. Uh, after service today, we'll have our Sunday school hour at 11.30. And then youth group uh, tonight at 6.30. They had a great time with the Blacklight Party last week. So back to their uh, kind of the regular uh, youth group, 6.30 tonight. Monday, there's a small group leaders meeting at 6 o'clock. This is for all small group leaders. A very important meeting as we do some planning coming into the fall. So uh, again, we encourage you, uh, all the leaders, to come to that meeting. Tuesday, regular activities, quarters, and women's Bible study. There's also college and career Tuesday night. Uh, Pastor Jay will be back to lead that. Wednesday, uh, the men and women's breakfast in the morning at Chobani's, and then there is the quarterly business meeting uh, Wednesday at 7. We encourage you to uh, come out to that as we talk about the summer and get some updates on things. And then Thursday, uh, women's Bible study repeat session and then the uh, guitar class that's been happening. There will be a Sunday school meeting as well following the quarterly business meeting on Wednesday. Also, you're inv always invited to the sing-along at Marion Gardens each Thursday. Jeanette leads that and uh, ministers to uh, the men and women there at Marion Gardens. So that's from 2 to 3. Also, if you're interested in joining small groups, getting involved in a small group, it's a, a great ministry, great way to meet other couples, other families in the church. Uh, please see Pastor Jay, Dave Fedora, Michael Bev McGowan to get more involved or to get involved uh, with a small group. And then uh, our Go for Buddies and Olympians kickoff is just a few weeks away. That's on Wednesday the 27th. All right, I think that's all the announcements we have for this morning. Let's open in prayer. And Father, we've come this morning to meet with you. We've come today to, uh, to hear from you, to learn more about you, to draw close to you, and just have a time of, uh, of communion and fellowship with you. Lord, I pray that you would meet with us. I pray that your presence would fill this place. I pray, Lord, that you would hear our prayers, hear our prayers for the sick, the needy, and that, Lord, you would speak to us through your word. We thank you, Lord, that we can have this time to, to meet together as a corporate body to worship you, to be able to uh, sing, to be able to sing truth, to be able to uh, hear instruments and just make a joyful noise unto you. We pray, Lord, that you'll uh, bless our meeting today Draw us closer together and close to you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. And I pray also that God would open our hearts and help us to see what he would have us learn from him today. Please stand.
God, we are here to worship you this morning because you are altogether lovely, altogether powerful, altogether wonderful to us. We thank you, Lord, that we can have a relationship with you through Jesus Christ. We thank you for uh, Jesus uh, going to, uh, to you on our behalf, dying for our sin, paying that price, paying that cost of our sin laying down his life for us, shedding his blood, giving his only life for us so that we could have a relationship with you. Lord, I pray that that would uh, lead to worship in our hearts this morning. We pray, Lord, that we would declare your greatness as we meet with you today and that, Lord, we can uh, just meditate on how great you are, meditate on your holiness, meditate on your perfection, meditate on your eternality, and, uh, Lord, just take us deeper with you today. Lord, because you're uh, a great God who's in control of all things, we bring our requests before you this morning. And Lord, we uh, pray for Denise Ridgeway's uh, nephew, Luca. We uh, pray, Lord, that he would heal from this pneumonia. We pray that the surgery that he needs can get rescheduled. We pray that that would be a successful surgery. We know that uh, this nephew has had many difficulties in his young life. We pray, Lord, that you would watch over him, protect him, bring him through all this and restore his health. Lord, we uh, pray this morning for Joan Bradway. We thank you, Lord, that she's here today, but Lord, we know she's not been feeling well. We pray, Lord, for a good doctor's appointment tomorrow. We pray that the, the doctor can uh, determine uh, what exactly is going on so that Joan would feel better. And uh, Lord, we pray that you'll con give her continued rest and healing. Lord, we pray for Gail Brown, who uh, needs to still wear this cast for her foot. We keep praying for Gail. We pray that uh, healing would take place in her foot. She wouldn't have to wear the cast much longer. We know, Lord, there's also uh, intestinal issues. We pray, Lord, that you would work all these things out in her life. Lord, we pray for uh, Alicia Hogate. And uh, Lord, as she's been diagnosed with COVID, uh, uh, we pray for Alicia. We, uh, a number of us know her, know her uh, goes to another church. Uh, we pray, Lord, that you would heal her and, and bring her through this illness. We also pray for uh, uh, our own Naomi Fogg and just with the back pain she's having, we pray, Lord, that you would give her, her some relief from that. We uh, continue to pray for, for Dave Fedor. We thank you, uh, Lord, that he uh, was able to be 
uh, home this week and, and resting. And we pray, Lord, you'll continue to bring healing to his lung and uh, give him energy, give him strength as he recovers. Lord, we pray for Jeanette Harrington and we pray for the results of the bone marrow biopsy that she had. Lord, we just pray that the cancer would stay away. We pray that all these tests would come back negative. We pray, Lord, that you would just hold uh, Jeanette in your hands, that you would protect her, surround her with your love and your peace. Lord, we pray for Patrick Foster, Sandy's son, as he's having surgery Tuesday to remove the feeding tube. We pray that you'll be with the surgeon, that that procedure would go well. We pray for healing for Patrick, and we thank you that there has been healing. We pray, Lord, you would give him victory over cancer. We pray you would strengthen him as he continues to, uh, to eat better and get his appetite back. And we just pray that your hand would be upon Patrick this week. Lord, we do uh, thank you for uh, all the ministries that are happening here in September. We pray, Lord, for uh, uh, a good start to those ministries, to the Bible studies, to Go for Buddies Olympians. We thank you that the Heart to Heart picnic went really well. We thank you, Lord, for blessing that event. We pray that you'll continue to uh, give comfort to the widows and uh, be with the widowers as well. Lord, we do pray for the, the church business meeting this week as we recount our blessings from the summer. And we pray, Lord, that you'll give the church and its leaders wisdom as we uh, look forward. We pray for parents, students, teachers. Uh, school begins. Uh, this is a, uh, a back-to-school month. We know they had their first full week this past week. We pray that you'll give them energy, endurance, help uh, students to get off to a good start, help teachers and the difficult job that they do, and be with parents uh, as they uh, uh, try to motivate their kids and uh, some parents teaching, doing homeschool. We pray you'll be with the parents as well. Lord, we pray for our missionary of the month, Herb Turden. We pray that you'll uh, bless him in Kentucky, bless his ministry there. And Lord, um, we pray for our armed forces. And Lord, I uh, saw many of the, saw some of the 9-11 remembrances this past week. We pray, Lord, that you would def defend our nation. We pray that you would uh, protect those who stand in its defense. Be with our army, be with our navy, be with our air force and marines. Uh, we know, Lord, that we live in a broken, fallen world. We live in an evil world full of dangers. And so we pray especially for those who are serving. We pray especially for those who are on the, the front lines. We pray for uh, generals and, uh, and leaders and colonels. And, Lord, just uh, pray that our army would be strong. We pray, Lord, also that our army would remember you and uh, would look to you, would turn to you. We pray for those chaplains uh, who are ministering within the armed forces that they would have opportunities uh, to preach Christ. Lord, all these things we give you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's continue to worship in song as we sing first through third grade are dismissed for youth church. Please stand.
Our scripture today comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 3. Exodus, chapter 3. I'll be reading verses 1 through 6. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. What would it be like to meet God? How, how would that even go? What would it be like to meet the Almighty, the Holy One, the, the one who spoke the world into existence, the one who created the heavens and the earth, the one who's the Alpha and the Omega, to be able to see him, to be able to have a conversation with him? What would it be like to meet God. I mean, that would be pretty big, right? Because God is so great, and we're us. We're us. Meeting God would be something that would define the rest of your life. Some other questions about meeting God. Uh, how do we meet God? Where do we meet God? How do you even know that you are meeting God? I uh, googled meeting God because I was curious what, what people thought about this. And uh, as you can imagine, there's all kinds of answers. Some say, I saw a sunrise this morning and I met God. Others say, uh, uh, I had a child smile at me and I met God. Or how about this one? I looked in the mirror this morning and I met God. Really? Really? Okay. Well, today we're going to discover what it really means to meet God. Uh, we're in a series on Moses, going deeper with God, and we've been looking at some deep truths. The first one we looked at was God is in the backstory. And we talked about Moses' backstory, the death of Joseph, uh, a new pharaoh in Egypt, and those Hebrew midwives. And then last week we looked at another deep truth, God protects his own. Uh, baby Moses in the basket in the Nile River, taken in by Pharaoh's daughter and nursed, raised by his own mother. And so that's where we left off. Today we're going to look at Moses meeting God. And we're going to get right to the uh, points this morning. Number one, meeting God came after a time of preparation. Meeting God came after preparation. God often sends us through a time of preparation before we meet him. 
Moses grows up in Egypt. He lives in Pharaoh's house. He would have been treated very well as a prince. But he also would have seen the Hebrews being mistreated. And one day, Moses sees an Egyptian beating a Hebrew. Moses knew from his mother's teaching that the Hebrews were one of his own people. And so Moses intervenes and he kills the Egyptian. Now clearly this is wrong, this is murder, this is Moses trying to solve a problem his way. Moses was seen killing the Egyptian and it's reported to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh wants him dead. Moses has to get out of there, he has to flee, he has to run. And this doesn't seem like the beginning of the story of a hero, but it is. Uh, Moses leaves Egypt and goes to Midian out in the middle of nowhere. Midian was southeast of Egypt, past the Sinai Peninsula. And Midian was on the backside of the desert. Not much happens in Midian. Moses gets there and he helps some women get water for their animals. He defends them against some jerk shepherds. So uh, that happened in Midian. I guess, I guess something does happen there. And these women are so thankful to Moses that they bring him home to meet dear old dad. Moses even marries one of the women, Zipporah, and uh, she bears him a son. And so this becomes life for Moses. Uh, working for his father-in-law Jethro, tending to the animals, spending time with his family. It's interesting that God will often take men into the desert before using them publicly. David, Elijah, John the Baptist, Jesus all spent time in the desert. According to Stephen's account of Moses, uh, which is written in Acts 7, a total of 40 years pass that Moses was in the desert. Moses went through 40 years of what we might call a regular life. Uh, Moses, take care of those sheep. Moses, go get them some water. Moses, keep the wolves away. 40 years of it. And you say, uh, well, what was God doing in Moses' life for those 40 years? Answer, preparing Moses. He was getting Moses ready. God was humbling Moses. Moses went from the, the palace to the pasture. God took him from the center of importance in Pharaoh's court to this out-of-the-way place, caring for a bunch of sheep. But God had a purpose in it. Shepherding sheep in a hot, dry desert was not a waste of time. God was training Moses to be a leader. God was preparing Moses to be a shepherd of his people. And you even get that teaser at the end of chapter 2, Israel began crying out to God because of their slavery. You see, God is a compassionate God, and he heard the Hebrews groaning. And God is so great, he had the timing of Moses in the desert coincide with the Hebrews calling out to him. Right? When did Moses meet God? When Moses' time in the desert was complete. When did Moses meet God? When the Hebrews started really calling out to the Lord. Right? God was going to bring it all together according to his perfect plan. And Moses was around 80 
when he met God for the first time. You know, you may be here today and you may feel like your life is pretty ordinary. Your life is pretty routine, the same thing day after day. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay because God uses that. You know, 99% of life is ordinary. God may take you to the backside of the desert to train you, to work on you, to humble you. God may be preparing you for something more. And so be faithful in what God has for you today and wait for God to show up. He was going to show up in a big way in Moses' life. You know, everything that happens before we were saved, everything that happens before the Lord calls us, is ultimately a time of preparation. All right, so that's number one. Number two, meeting God is something out of the ordinary. Look again at chapter three. We're going to do kind of a deep dive into this. Pastor Dan read the verses for us, but we're going to look at them again. Chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, but it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight. Why is the bush not burned? You know, our lives may seem very ordinary, but when we, when we meet God, something extraordinary happens. We're going about our lives, we're doing our thing, and then wham, God shows up. Moses meets God on the backside of the desert. For Moses, it seemed like a very normal day, doing the work of the shepherd, hearing the, the bleeding calls of the sheep all day long. And then Moses came near Horeb. Notice Horeb is described as the mountain of God. This is a special place where God's presence dwelled. An angel of the Lord appears to Moses in a flame of fire. That's pretty out of the ordinary. Most, uh, many commentators believe that this angel of the Lord was not a created angel, but is actually Christ himself, a pre-birth appearance of Jesus. Moses saw a radiant and glowing fire in the bush. We refer to it as the burning bush. Moses naturally is very interested in the fire. It's like nothing he's ever seen before. The bush is on fire, it's burning, and yet it did not burn up. The, the leaves, the, the stems were not consumed. A bush that's on fire should turn black and eventually nothing would be left but ashes. Right, think back to this summer, all those deadly wildfires across our country, all the damage that they've done. Uh, every, everything is smoke and ash. You got whole forests gone, whole forests wiped out by these wildfires. But the fire that Moses saw caused no damage. There, there, there were laws of physics that were being violated here. This is a special thing that God was doing. It shouldn't surprise us that God was in the fire. God makes himself known by fire. God confirmed his covenant with Abraham with a smoking oven and a flaming torch. God led Israel with a pillar of fire by night. 
Later on, Moses told Israel, For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. God's power and glory are represented by fire. Right, so God was in the fire. And you might wonder, you know, why couldn't God have just talked to Moses, you know, uh, without the burning bush? Well, God certainly could have done it that way, but God demonstrated his power through the burning bush. God gave Moses an experience he would never forget through that burning bush. Moses could think of the bush and remember the day he met God. And so that's uh, something for us to think about as well. Do you remember the day that you met God? Do you remember where you were? Do you remember what it was like when you met God? Do you remember how you felt? Uh, maybe you were uh, at home. Maybe you were at camp. Maybe you were in church. Maybe you were in a doctor's office. Wherever God was moving. Something happened to you that was so powerful, so amazing, that you knew it had to be God. You know, you were put on this earth to meet God. He may not give you a bush that's on fire, but God has ways to get our attention. Uh, your, your loved one is sick, and God heals in an amazing way. That's a burning bush experience. Or maybe someone you know gets saved, and it makes you wonder, uh, what is this God all about? Or you're in church, you're on a retreat, and the Lord is just speaking to your heart. It's like he's speaking directly to you. That's a burning bush experience when the Lord draws you into himself. You know, that's uh, a really neat part of a person's testimony, right? Uh, a person says, hey, I was just doing my own thing. I was working my job. I was living my life. I was going to school. And then God showed up. God started doing things, and it was so powerful, and it was so great, I couldn't ignore it. I had to see what this God was all about. That's, that's a really good testimony. Things do not stay ordinary when it comes to meeting God. Now, another part of meeting God, meeting God is hearing his voice. Look again at verse 4. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see... God called to Moses out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. How do we meet God? By hearing his voice. You know, meeting God is more than just the initial sign, right? Meeting God was more than just the burning bush. Uh, it's more than just seeing a sunrise. It's more than just having someone smiling at you. Meeting God is accompanied by his word. There's a, a personal calling. The theological term is special revelation. Right? There's a personal calling where God desires to make himself known through his word. God called to Moses out of the bush. God calls Moses by name. Moses. Moses. God, of course, knows our names. God knows all about us. God had been watching over Moses since birth and had plans for Moses since before birth. Everything about Moses' life had been leading up to this moment when God called Moses. The repetition of the name shows intimacy. Moses, Moses, God wanted his life. From now on, God was going to be in charge of Moses' life. From now on, God was going to direct his steps. 
God was going to start a fire in Moses. And of course, the same God who said Moses, Moses, the same God who said Samuel, Samuel, and Martha, Martha, calls you by name. He's interested in your life. He wants to do something in you and through you. He has plans for you to do and accomplish. Isaiah 43, verse 1, wonderful verse. But now, thus says the Lord who created you, Jacob, and formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Wow. The God of the universe calls you by name. The God of the universe is interested in your life. God connects with us. And so next time you are down, next time you're discouraged, think about that verse and how much you matter to God, how God has called you by name. And you can put your own name in there. Now, just to clarify, God does not speak to us out loud. Uh, you're not going to be hearing uh, an audible voice. But God calls us through the Holy Spirit. We hear his voice when we slow down and listen to his word. And really, we can meet with God anytime we want to through his word. Uh, you know, we keep talking about meeting with God. Meeting with God is not just a one-time experience. This scene by the burning bush is just one of the many meetings that Moses would have with God. Moses will meet God again up on the mountain. Moses will come up with something called the tent of meeting, a special tent that he sets up that when he wanted to meet with God, he went into the tent. This is what the Christian life is all about, meeting with God, hearing his voice. Uh, the, the goal of our salvation is meeting with God. The goal of coming to church in the morning is to meet with God. Prayer, Bible reading, it's all about meeting with God. Even going to heaven, we talk about, oh, going to that wonderful place in the sky or something like that. It, it, it's about meeting God there. And so keep meeting with God. Keep listening to his voice. Don't let this world distract you from what's really important. What's really important is meeting with God. Don't take meeting with God for granted, as we so often do. When was the last time you had a really good meeting with God, where he just, just spoke to you from his word? All right, next thing, meeting with God teaches us about God. Look at verse 5 and 6. Then he said, do not come near, take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. You know, we might think that meeting God is going to be about us. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we're going to meet with God. I'm going to tell God what I think. We're going to ask God for what we want. But really, meeting with God is all about him. God reveals himself to us. It's about knowing him more. You know, every time we meet with God, we should learn something new about him. Something new about his character, something new about his ways, something new about the, the person of God. God wants to show us more and teach us more and reveal himself to us. And there's really two main lessons that Moses learns here. The first one is that God is holy. 
That's a pretty good place to start. Uh, Moses starts going to the bush for an up-close look, and God tells him, whoa, stop, don't come any closer. We can't approach God because of our sin. There's always a gap between us and God due to sin. God does tell Moses to take off his sandals. Sandals were taken off before entering a place of worship so as not to bring outside dirt into the holy place. This is still observed in all eastern countries where people uh, take off their shoes, take off their sandals before entering synagogue. It's done as a confession of personal defilement. Of course, we're under grace this morning, so you can keep your shoes on here in church today. Please keep your shoes on. Okay. Uh, but Moses was standing on holy ground. This is the first and only time the expression holy ground is used in the Bible. Joshua does have a similar experience. The captain of the Lord's host said to Joshua, remove your sandals from your feet, for the place you're standing is holy. So the first thing that God reveals about himself to Moses is that he's holy. God is holy. It was holy ground because the Holy One was there. Wherever God chooses to reveal himself is holy. God says, be holy, for I am holy. The angels in heaven sing, holy, 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 all day and all night around the throne of God. God's servants need to know that God is holy. Jerry Bridges in his book, The Pursuit of Holiness, writes, Holiness is the perfection of all his other attributes. His power is a holy power. His mercy is a holy mercy. His wisdom is a holy wisdom. That word holy means set apart. God is holy. He is perfect and good and without error. God never had an impure thought. God never had an improper motive. That separates him from everyone and everything else. God hates sin. He's too holy to even look upon sin. God's holiness is the highest standard. One of the first things we learn about God is that he is holy and we are not. We're fallen sinners. God hates our lustful thoughts, our pride, our jealousy, our outbursts of temper. He's holy. And we are in need of forgiveness. Just think about this. If the world really understood how God was holy, how that would change the world. If the world really got it that God was holy, how that would affect the things on TV. If the world really understood that God was holy, how that would affect conduct and behavior and all the violence that we see. If the world really knew that God was holy, how people would watch their tongues and how that would affect lying and gossip in this world. If we really knew that God was holy, that would change everything. Again, Jerry Bridges writes, frequent contemplation on the holiness of God is a strong deterrent against trifling with sin. Just like Isaiah the prophet said, woe is me, I am undone, Moses was going to have a much different view of himself and his sin after meeting with God. Moses also learned that God is the eternal God. He said he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Notice the present tense there. It says, I am, not I was. Uh, God is timeless. God is over the generations. He's the God of the living. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob were alive in paradise. God keeps his promises to Abraham, Isaac, 
and Jacob. And so the point is that every time we meet with God, we should learn something about him. Every time we meet uh, with God at church, it's a chance to learn something about him. Every time we have Sunday school, small group, youth group, Bible study, we have our own devotions. It's a chance to learn something about God. Probably all done the, the thing where, you know, you read your scripture, you close your Bible, and you forget what you just read. Well, we can read it again. Make sure that you learned something about God today. You know, as much as we think we know about God, there is always more to know. Meeting God is how we uh, know truth and love and mercy and compassion and holiness and comfort and goodness and ultimately eternal life. Those things come from knowing God, meeting with God. Meeting with God is how God teaches us so we can become more like Christ. That leads to our last point about meeting God, and it's this. Meeting God changes us. It changes us. If you meet with God and truly meet with God, you will be changed. Look at how verse 6 ends. Uh, and he said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Meeting God changes us because it has to. God is too awesome. God is too incredible. God is too amazing for it not to change us. Look at how it changed Moses. Moses hid his face. He was afraid to look at God. You know, I love it when people are like, you know what, I hope I do meet God so I can give God a piece of my mind. Uh, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Moses hid from God just like Adam and Eve hid from God, and even Job stopped talking when God showed up. Moses quickly learned that God was too awesome for him. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and Moses got a great education about God up there on Mount Horeb. He became conscious of his own sinfulness and unworthiness. In fact, Stephen tells us in Acts 7 that Moses shook with fear and would not venture to look up. You know, uh, God was way beyond what Moses imagined. Moses wasn't even worried about the bush anymore. He moved on from the bush. He was focused on the Lord. Moses was a murderer, but after meeting God, he was forgiven. Moses was a sinner, but after meeting God, he desired holiness. Moses came to God as a shepherd of sheep, but he left after meeting God, shepherd of people. Moses came to God with his sandals on and his head held high, but after meeting with God, he bowed low his head. And this is what meeting with God does. It fills us with the awesomeness of God and it breaks us down. <laughs> Our awesomeness isn't so awesome anymore. Meeting with God strips us of our pride, strips us of our ego, strips us with our self-righteousness and our boastful works. Great theologian J.I. Packer summed it up this way. His majesty will fill your thoughts. His love will will soften your heart. His holiness will purify your life. When you meet God, you will be changed. God will put a fire in you, in you. You know, your greatest need today, my greatest need today, is more of God in our lives. If you need hope, meet with God. If you need emotional healing, meet with God. If you need forgiveness, meet with God. If you're carrying a load of care this morning, meet with God. If you're confused about 
something, uh, your life, meet with God. If you need your life to change, meet with God. You know, I think about uh, lost people. And uh, what, what do lost people need? They need to meet God. Pray that they would meet God. Pray that they would have a burning bush experience. Pray that they would hear God's voice calling their name. Pray that God would move in such a powerful way they would be changed. Yeah, I was thinking about my, uh, <laughs> my brother and uh, all the silly arguments that we get into, politics and finance and sports, whatever. You know, what would change his life? Not my arguments. What would change his life is if he met God. He needs to meet God and have God change his world upside down. And there are people that you know who need to meet God. If they met God, their lives would change. If they met the holy God, they would understand their sinfulness and need for a savior. If they met the holy God, they would start singing his praises. If they met God, they would understand the faith. Pray, pray, pray that people would meet God, have a personal burning bush kind of meeting with the Lord. Well, today we know that we meet God through Jesus. And uh, really, it's not about us meeting God anymore. It's about God meeting us. Son of man comes looking for us. Son of man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus is the God man. He's holy and perfect. Jesus meets us right where we're at, calls us by name, invites us to follow him. And Jesus is the God man. Jesus is holy. Jesus is perfect. Jesus covered our sin by dying on the cross and rising again. So we don't have to hide our face from God. Meeting Jesus is the best thing that can happen to your life. Meeting Jesus' love, his forgiveness, his care. There's nothing like it. Meeting the good shepherd. The real question of today is, have you met God through Jesus? You know, there's a lot of people who have been to church. They haven't really met God. And there's people who, they've gone off the Christian camp, but they haven't really met Jesus. There are people who've grown up in Christian homes, but they haven't really met God. Have you met him? Have you heard his voice? Uh, have you responded to his calling your name? Today is the day to put your faith in him. You know, one day, everyone will meet God. Every single person who's ever been created will have the time to come when they will stand in front of God and meet God. When they die at the judgment. You want Jesus on your side when that day comes. You know, one of the great scientists and mathematicians was a guy named Blaise Pascal. And he had his own meeting with God, and he wrote it all down. It was called his night of fire. And on the paper was an image of a cross, and just below it, the date, the year of grace, 1654, Monday, November 23rd, from about half past 10 at night until half past midnight, fire. God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, certitude, certitude, feeling, joy, peace. God of Jesus Christ, my God and your God, your God will be my God, forgetfulness of the world and everything else except God. And Pascal wrote, quote, since that night, I've had a fire within me which I cannot quench. You know, obviously, I wasn't there. I don't know what happened that night in his home, but Blaise Pascal had a meeting with God, a burning bush experience that forever changed his life. 
Have you had that? Have you had a meeting with God? Well, in conclusion, you know, Moses had a tremendous first meeting with God. Meeting God came after a time of preparation. Meeting God was something extraordinary, out of the ordinary. Burning bush experience. Meeting God was hearing his voice. Meeting God taught him about God, the holiness of God, the eternality of God. And meeting God changes us. It changed Moses. And so for next steps, have you met God in the person of Jesus? Do, do you remember what it was like? Do you remember how you were changed forever? And then for believers, how often are we meeting with God? How much of a priority do we put on meeting with God? How often will you meet with God this week? And do you have that fire inside you? You know, if you lost your fire, maybe you need to get back to meeting with God. May the Holy God continue to teach us about himself and change our lives as we meet with Jesus. Let's pray. And Lord, that is our prayer this morning. We need to meet with you. Lord, we want to know you more. We want to have you change us. Lord, have, us, have you humble us. Lord, we confess we, we can't make it without meeting you. Lord, when we stop meeting you, we confess we lose that fire. We turn to sin. We turn to the world so fast. Lord, I pray that just even this week, you would give us good times of meeting with you. Good times where we uh, communicate with you, where we hear from you from your word. Good times where we meet with you and sense your presence. Lord, I pray for each one in the room that you would give them good times of meeting with you this week. Take us deeper with you. And Lord, I pray for this one who uh, maybe they've never met with you before. Maybe they're lost. Maybe they're searching. We pray, Lord, that today would be the day they hear your voice calling to them and say, here I am. I accept Jesus as my Savior. I ask Jesus into my heart. Come and meet with me today, Lord Jesus. Dwell in me forever. Start a fire in me that will never extinguish. And if that's your prayer today, I'd love to talk with you afterwards. Lord, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. By singing, Holy is the Lord. Please stand.
you need to meet with God today. We're going to have people at the front. They would love to, uh, to encourage you, to counsel you, uh, to help point you to God so that you can have that, uh, that fire in you. Lord, we thank you that uh, you have made yourself known to us. Thank you for revealing yourself uh, in the fire and in the person of Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to know you more this week. Help us to, uh, to meet with you, to enjoy those meeting times with you. Lord, let those meeting times just uh, encourage us and wash over us and bless us and fill us and strengthen us with your uh, power and glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.